Welcome, everybody, to Web and Beyond Live for January 3rd, 2022. I'm Ray Sidney Smith, President of W3 Consulting and Managing Director of W3C Web Services, which provides affordable web and WordPress hosting, Microsoft 365 licensing, Google Workspace licensing, domain name registration, and other web-related services, primarily for small businesses, for you, small business owners out there in the world. Web and Beyond Live, of course, is our weekly show about topical and timely small business, digital marketing, and related issues. And and I'm really excited to start off the new year with some fun news stories, and then we will go ahead and uh, announce a few things that we have going on uh, really this week uh, and this month coming up in the Web and Beyond community. So if you're watching live, feel free to chat along with me here live. If you're watching the replay or listening to the podcast afterward, feel free to leave comments or uh, you can post your questions in the chat or otherwise. You can also tweet at me at W3Consulting on Twitter, and you can find me there as well. Okay, this week we have some news regarding the uh, the small business boom that's happening amongst the great resignation. We have some other news that I, I want to discuss regarding LastPass and some other kinds of uh, fun digital marketing uh, articles that I've come across. And then we'll close up with some discussion about CES and what that really means for this year and what this year will look like in terms of events and really digital marketing generally. I think it's a good uh, kind of leading lead indicator as to what CES did. It's not all puppies and kittens, but I think it's really good for us to pay attention to what's going on out there and how we can really address it in our own marketing strategies. So let's just start off with uh, the first item, which is an article from, I think it's NBC News, and they talked about the flip side of the great resignation is a small business boom. That is, uh, new business registrations, new business filings are up 55% over the same period in 2019, meaning that we have that many more new businesses coming online. I think that's a pretty good thing, especially for us who are who are in the B2B space, uh, and certainly those of us who are in the B2SMB space. But the reality is, is that you're getting more competition out there, right? You know, that's that's something to be mindful of, which is that for many people, the great resignation really meant leaving their uh, their salaries and starting new businesses. Uh, so this is an interesting kind of piece there for us all to kind of think through is that the the pandemic has forced a lot of, uh, you know, would-be entrepreneurs to become actual entrepreneurs. And this is going to drive a whole new generation, really, of, of small business ownership. And so I'm really excited to see what this all means. Um, you know, not all, all of it is positive. You know, some people were leaving because they had poor working conditions, wanted higher salaries and that kind of thing. Others were forced into it because they lost their, their job or they couldn't make ends meet in their existing, you know, um, you know revenue generating space. And so they decided to, uh, you know, do this in terms of, of starting a business. So just wanted to kind of point that out for all of us who may not be aware that there are kind of two uh, you know, entrance into the small business market at any given time, right? Those are those who are doing it by choice and those by force. And, you know, a forcing function could be primary, you know, uh, breadwinner in the house, uh, all of a sudden, you know, loses a job or becomes uh, sick or ill and needs to uh, no longer you know, uh, needs to take care of their health or whatever the circumstance might be. And now that other person needs to step in and go ahead and uh, start a business because they feel like they're unemployable or they may not have enough work experience. And so there's all of these pieces going on that I think are not really talked about in the small business space. And so for those of you who are specifically uh, marketing to small business owners, remember that small business owners are, are across the spectrum, you know, dealing with different issues. And so you need to choose the 
right type of small business audience that you're trying to get in front of when it comes to that. Okay, next up is a little bit of tech news. Uh, and and I know we're going to talk about CES in, in a little bit, but I wanted to point out for those of you who happen to have been BlackBerry users, uh, uh, today, tomorrow, I guess, uh, you know, uh, January 4th uh, becomes the last day that BlackBerry OS will be supported. And so if you have been, uh, for some reason, still using a BlackBerry, uh, the BlackBerry OS uh, is no longer going to be supported. And so that's the end of BlackBerry uh, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, so it's kind of a you know, it's sad for me because I, I was a BlackBerry, you know, owner uh, back in the day, and I was very happy to, you know, be able to make phone calls and send emails back and forth. And I remember when we launched our first BlackBerry Enterprise server at the uh, law firm that I worked at at the time. It was just a very exciting, uh, you know, technology, and now uh, it's going away. So uh, long live, uh, well, sorry, short lived. <laughs> Blackberry, I suppose, since uh, it did it did die. Okay, on to other <laughs> real news. Uh, the uh, Constant Contact put out this interesting article called Tag Us in Your Photos, How to Use Customer Photos and Why. And they make an argument for tagging your customers in uh, photos. And I thought this was really interesting. Um, and the, the idea is, is that you're engaging, you're encouraging your customers to tag your business profile, your brand, when they post about you. So this is this is their kind of concept of encouraging people in social media to uh, make sure that their customers are tagging the businesses as they're going out there on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and other places where you can tag someone in the media, whether that be photo or video. And I thought this was interesting Yes, it's good to know that people are creating UGC or user-generated content about your business, right? Whether they're lauding your business or criticizing it, both are good for you to know what's happening. That also means that you should be searching the various social networks on a regular basis to identify when you are being mentioned out there in social uh, posts. But at the same time, I actually took this from a different perspective, which is I typically am guiding people to make sure that you are tagging key profiles that you want to reshare your content out there in the world. And I'm a part of a, a particular mastermind. And in that mastermind of podcasters, we always talk about the fact that if you tag me in your posts, it's much easier for me to be able to reshare your content because I'm tagged in it. So I'm, I'm going to get a notification and it's just as easy as hit retweet or even in Instagram, where if you're not mentioned in a story, you can't easily share, reshare that story to your own profile, to your own profile's stories. So it's really important that if you want to get some level of network effect, that you are tagging strategic profiles out there. And that includes customers. That mean, means that if you have customer advocates, if you have brand advocates, if you have referral partners, trusted referral partners out there in the world, you should be making sure that when you're doing those social media posts, that you are tagging those people in those posts to go out. Now, that may also mean that you need to go ahead and post and then post in the comments and tag them in the comments. So it may not be that you're always able to go ahead and tag them directly in the media itself. LinkedIn is one of those cases where some platforms don't allow you to tag someone directly inside of the native content. So you, so if you're not posting directly on LinkedIn itself and you're using another tool like Hootsuite or Buffer or otherwise, you may need to post it and then come back and then tag them in the comments. So just be mindful of that. But the the long tail long tail value of that is really powerful and important by virtue of the fact that now if you if you tag me in your posts and I want to share your content. 
you've made it really, really simple for them. So I think this is really, uh, you know, kind of the flip side of what they're talking about. Yes, you want to ask your customers to tag you, but you also want to make sure that you are tagging your strategic partners, your uh, key customers who you want to share with their audience about you as well. So just wanted to kind of bring that flip side to this article and this concept. Uh, on ongoing uh, conversation on social media, this article came to mind, uh, came to my came to my feed, and I thought it was really interesting. This was all about the fact that uh, phone customer service is kind of going away, and more and more people are using social media as their primary mechanism for customer service. And I think that it's important for us to kind of take heart to the fact that yes, people more and more are depending upon getting their answers to customer support issues via social media. I don't think that everyone needs to immediately abandon their phone systems and decide that that's they're only going to provide uh, support via Twitter. But at the same time, it is an important component to remember that there are ways in which you can help aggregate these pieces and make it simpler for you. Many CRMs uh, that are out there like Batchbook and Freshdesk and others have the ability to bring together your social posts so that you can monitor them for customer support and customer service issues. So start thinking through, especially as we start the new year, how are you going to manage across the board all of the various social uh, customer support issues that you're having and making sure that your customer experience is positive, right? We want to think about CX and how that's a positive experience for your uh, customers. And so we want to we want to give them an opportunity to interact with us the way in which they're most comfortable with, but also that's sustainable, sustainable and, and scalable for your business. And so utilizing these tools really gives you the ability to go ahead and bring together, you know, someone's messaging you on Facebook Messenger and messaging you via Instagram comments and messaging you via Twitter and phone and email, right? It becomes uh, somewhat uh, you know, unscalable, it becomes, uh, you know, a, a, a huge amount of work that's necessary, you can reduce that overhead by bringing those into a, an aggregated system. And many tools today are now doing that. And so just start looking at that kind of technology. If you have questions about them, feel free to touch base, and I'm happy to uh, see what I can do to help you in that regard. There was a message that went out to LastPass users uh, last week or the week before that saying that their master password had been compromised. Uh, that turns out to not be true. It was an error or some kind of mistake. Uh, but either way, LastPass has not been hacked in any way, shape or form. And uh, and so just be mindful of uh, some of the misinformation that is being put out there because of this erroneous email. At the same time, LastPass is also gonna become an independent company this year, uh, LastPass is owned or was purchased by LogMeIn uh, a couple of years ago, and now they are being spun off now back into their own uh, entity. And so we, I use LastPass in my personal life as well as in the business, and uh, and so those passwords are they are basically held inside of an encrypted database, both um, you know on your local systems as well as in the cloud. And so it's a highly secure way for you to be able to um, maintain and manage your passwords. And so uh, I'm, I'm thankful that the breach was not uh, true and that it was just a mistaken email to some of the users. Uh, but I'm also actually glad to see LastPass being spun off into its own independent company, meaning that it's got the, you know, uh, economic 
uh, viability. It's it, all of the things seem to be good about it that it's it's going to be spun off into its own independent company and uh, keep doing its thing. And uh, there are other competitors, by the way. You know, there's One Password, there's Dashlane, uh, there's Bitwarden, which is actually an open source product. So if you're using it just for free, uh, for personal purposes, you can use the free version and it's going to work just fine for you. Uh, but then you can also use Bitwarden in a business capacity as well. So if you want to support open source, you can go that way. I've just been using LastPass for so many years. And so, uh, you know, we continue to use it in, in the business, but I really support what Bitwarden is doing. And I have to say that 1Password and Dashlane, both are just very, very seamless products for a lot of folks that I work with. All right, moving right along to some Google news. Uh, Google uh, Analytics 4 can now be connected to your Google Search Console. Uh, so Google Analytics 4 is the newest version of Google Analytics. Uh, Universal Analytics is the prior version that is currently running. So if you're using uh, Universal Analytics, that's likely the version you're using. If you haven't created a new Analytics 4, uh, you know, set of codes and embedded them in your website in any time uh, in the recent uh you know, past. Uh, that being the case, uh, Google Analytics 4 is the future and Google will start to deprecate Google Analytics, universal analytics uh, over the next few years. And we're probably presuming this is going to be over the next few years, it'll, it'll be deprecated and then shut down. But uh, GA4, you should start learning about and you should start seeing you know, just getting familiar with it. And uh, one of the first really major best steps that Google could make was connecting it to Google Search Console, right? So Google Analytics 4 is helping you understand what visitors are doing on your website, right? How they reached your website, what they're doing on your website. Google Search Console is the stuff that is providing you information and data about what's happening uh, on the search engine before they get to your website. You know, why did they why did they come to you? What the health is of your website to the search engine and so on and so forth. So pairing those together is really important. So if you are using GA4, go ahead now and connect it to the Google Search Console and start to see the data flow back and forth. So really good on Google to get that done. Uh, for those of you who do use Google Voice, in, and this is on the personal side, not on the Google Workspace business side. So this is on the personal side. I just wanted to make a quick note to folks that Google Voice uh, is now letting you set custom rules for phone calls. So for example, you can take a group and say like family, and you can create a custom voicemail for those members of your family. And when they call and they go to voicemail, you can actually have a customized vo voicemail for those people. You can do this down to the individual. Uh, so that's really uh, cool as well. So like, for example, my mom will get her own voicemail message from me and no one else because it identifies the phone number that she's calling from and therefore can present her with a set of rules, right? So it can put her directly uh, to dial all of my phones. Or I can say, you know what, I only want uh, those calls to go directly to voicemail. I never want to answer the phone for this person. I want them to just go directly to voicemail and get this specific message. So the Google Voice now gives this capability technically back to you because we used to have this capability. They took it away when they redeveloped the Google Workspace interface and now they're bringing it back. But I'm really, really glad they are. And this is a great feature so that you can do these things. Like in your, if you're using a Google Voice number for your business, for example, if you add your customers to your Google Voice account to your Google contacts, now you can actually add them to a specific group. And when they call and leave a voicemail message, they will get a business voicemail message greeting that you've recorded for them. So this can be really helpful for you being able to kind of streamline the number of things that you have to manage and check and so on and so forth. And then the people who are calling you are going to get the appropriate messages for them. Okay. Uh, and then last but not least, I wanted to just quickly cover CES 
because it is it was it's been happening. It's uh, they basically shrunk the uh, so it stands for Consumer Electronics Show, and uh, they have now just called themselves CES. So they've shrunk it down to just calling it CES uh, because they're supposed to be more than just electronics. Now they're supposed to be this big uh, technology conference, and unfortunately, they cut a, a day off of the conference. I think that was because of the uh, current variant running with regard to the pandemic. They just uh, decided to cut it a day early. Uh, the the number of infections have been rising and so on and so forth. And so that's just what it is. And so they cut a day off. It's been happening both hybrid, um, happening both virtual and in person. And this really is kind of a, as I said at the top, it's kind of like a lead indicator for what we're really going to be dealing with over the course of 2022, which is that businesses and I think event management generally is getting better at understanding how to adapt to what we're dealing with here, right, over the past several years. And so what we're going to see is we're going to see more hybrid events, we're going to see more hybridization of services, and we're going to be a little bit more nimble. And people are just going to have to become more comfortable with the fact that, yeah, when we have uh, increasing case counts, we're going to have to, you know, decrease the number of days or reduce the number of people who can attend particular things. Uh, that may be in your restaurant, that may be in your retail store, that may be in your uh, event itself. You're gonna, they're, they're just going to see more and more of this kind of moving of the rug out from under you kind of situations. And I think people are just going to have to get comfortable with that. And I think you're going to have to start messaging your social posts, your emails, and otherwise to let people know about that variability happening within your own business. And I think that if you can do that, I think that those things are going to become much easier for people to um, handle in their business. That means there's going to be, uh, I think, a little bit more, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, kind of uncertainty among your customers uncertainty with regard to your own business. But at the end of the day, I think everybody is very understanding of the risks and what we're dealing with here. So it becomes just an easier um, pill to swallow, so to speak, uh, when it comes to that. So just I think that CES is, is a good example here because they started, you know, very, very early on in the pandemic, they were the kind of um, first big electronic show. And we had all of these people coming to Las Vegas. And, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people caught COVID from uh, going to that event. And then uh, we saw it all kind of unfurl in uh, 2020. So now we're seeing them kind of responding and reacting. And we'll see others like Mobile World Congress and other large technology shows kind of um, adapting to this. And I just think that, you know, going virtual, if it works for your business is great. But if it's not, then some hybrid approach is going to be really important to you. And, and I mean this not just in, in the event business, I mean this in, you know, whether it's a retail store or retail service business, and any other kind of business that you're running, you need to start thinking through how are you providing these things in, uh, in a hybrid approach when you need to, and how can you go virtual when you need to so that you can continue to keep operating, you want business continuity, but at the same time, providing some level of understanding to your audience that, hey, we're not always going to be able to do these things if we get this stuff happening, right? If we get uh, an increased case count, we may need to change and adapt here, and we need to keep messaging that to our audience so that they're aware of that. So I think that's a really good um, kind of place for us to leave that today. Uh, what I wanted to do was to uh, cover just a couple of things that are happening uh, in Web and Beyond community. And so Web and Beyond community is our digital community for the small business uh, 
you know, owners out there who are interested in marketing and managing their, their business on the web. And we have a few events upcoming, uh, starting with tomorrow. And so uh, first and foremost, if you are not a member of Web and Beyond community, you can go ahead and join Web and Beyond community. I'm just going to put this on the screen here. If you go to www.webandbeyond.community, you can go ahead and uh, request to join. Just fill out a couple of pieces of information and you'll be um, then set a, a request in to go ahead and join. And when you join Web and Beyond community, you'll then see access to our first event of the year, which is going to be our small business virtual roundtable. So every month, typically on the first Tuesdays of the month, we host a virtual roundtable. Now, uh, tomorrow is going to be, we do typically do it at noon. Tomorrow, it's going to be at 1pm because uh, of a scheduling conflict. So this one's going to just be an hour later. So we're going to start at, at January 4th, 1pm Eastern, we're going to do our small business virtual roundtable. And that's going to all be on the topic of planning out your digital marketing strategy for the next year. So we're going to really talk about that. It's a discussion. So it's, you know, it's join um, for and, and be ready to, you know, engage in the conversation with all of the other folks and an opportunity to network as well. Then later this week, we're going to be doing a digital marketing trends for 2022 webinar for our first web and beyond webinar of the year. And so we typically do twice monthly webinars on different topics around digital marketing and productivity for small business. And so uh, the digital marketing trends for 2022 uh, will be on I think that's January 6th, if I'm if I'm not wrong. And so, but it's later this week. So if you go to w3cinc.com forward slash events, uh, you can also just go to eventbrite.com and search for digital marketing trends for 2022 and you'll find the event there. So go ahead and register for that uh, event as well. And then otherwise, uh, I've already told you to join Web and Beyond community. So that's great. And uh, we're going to be playing around with the different times for this Web and Beyond live. So today it's you know, Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern that we're recording. I'm going to try some different times throughout the week. So just know that we're going to be bouncing around a little bit uh, throughout the weeks. Uh, these will always be available in replay and via the podcast. So you'll be able to listen if you can't join us live. But I am trying to find the right time for both the most folks to join us live, but also the best time for me in and amongst my kind of um, hectic, uh, hyperactive schedule at times. So I'm going to be moving it around. And I'm also going to be trying different platforms. I'm going to do one on Clubhouse, do one on Twitter Spaces. And so you're going to find me in different places as well. So that'll be a little bit, uh, you know, uh, confusing for some of you. And I understand that. And I apologize up front. But I do have to try some of this technology out. And I'm just excited to do that. And I'm going to do that with Web and Beyond Live. Um, so with that, we've come to the end of our time together this week. If you've enjoyed this live stream, feel free to click the thumbs up icon that helps us make new small business friends. And so thank you for doing that. If you have a question or a comment, feel free to leave those in the comments, or you can again, tweet or message me at W3 Consulting on Twitter and most of the other socials. You can find us there as W3 Consulting. And of course, join us every week for our Web and Beyond live live. Thanks so much for spending this Web and Beyond live with me. I'm Ray Sidney Smith on behalf of W3 Consulting and W3C Web Services. Have a great week ahead marketing your small business on the Web and Beyond.